This is Paul Davy, Yield Point Specialist for Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHF Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have a report from Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman as well. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the soybean market succumbed to technical trading yesterday. March is now the lead contract for soybeans. We're right at the lows from this previous back in June. Um, the lows there were 1262, and the the low on the day was 1267 and a quarter for March. So we need to hold this 1262, or your really honestly looking at targets around $12, um, and that is not what we want to see. So I think technicals have taken over at this point. They're bringing in some selling pressure. It seems like managed money has wanted to get short beans. Um, they've been pretty aggressively short, corn and wheat, but not so much beans, and they've been liquidating along the way. The Maersk Shipping Company has suspended all movement through the Red Sea indefinitely and will reroute the container ships around the southern coast of Africa. The Danish firm is the second largest international container shipping company, and one of its ships was attacked by Houthi rebels over the weekend. Shipping rates have skyrocketed with the recent attacks on the Red Sea. Many farmers are going through and closing books for 2023 in preparation for meetings with their lenders and planning for the year ahead. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman. As more. University of Minnesota Extension Farm Business Specialist Garen Paulson says producers in the Southwest Minnesota Farm Business Management Association are working through year-end analysis. Right now they're taking a good solid inventory of what they have, their assets, their liabilities, their grain inventories, their livestock inventories, their uh, loan balances, those types of things, to get ready to uh, to do the year-end analysis. They're also finishing up their, their cash accounting, their book work, getting everything into proper categories, getting all that put together so we can do an accrual income statement where we, we take the results of their cash income statement and adjust it for inventory change to get a real true picture of what happened in 2023. Interest rates are becoming a more important factor in a producer's balance sheet. The increase in interest rates over this last year is going to have a very significant impact on their bottom lines. Um, uh, we've kind of gone through quite a number of years where interest rates were very low. Uh, you know, farmers didn't even really have to worry too much about it. Matter of fact, in my presentations, I didn't even really talk much about the interest rate ratio. But boy, now with, with what interest rates have done over the years, cost of money is really going to impact bottom lines, and farmers need to take a good hard look at how they're managing their, their inventories to, to keep that interest under control. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley is reintroducing the Ending Agricultural Trade Suppression, or EATS Act. The proposal would undo California's Proposition 12 legislation that limits the confinement of breeding pigs, veal calves, and egg-laying hens. Grassley said the California law will hurt the farm economy. With California's new Prop 12 rule, USDA Market News is releasing new weekly reports to show the premium paid for hogs to be raised in compliance with animal confinement legislation. For the week ending Saturday, the premium ranged from $2.38 to more than 33 bucks per hundredweight. The weekly average premium was $7.51 per hundredweight. 
The companies behind the Hilleshog, Maribo, Sess Vanderhoff, and Seedek Sugar Beet Seed brands are entering into a joint venture. DLF Seeds, which is based in the Netherlands and owns the Hilleshog and Maribo Seed Companies. Sess Vanderhoff and Seedex brands are owned by a group of Floramond Dupree, which is headquartered in France. The joint venture agreement is scheduled to take effect July 1st. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has signed an executive order banning China and other foreign adversaries from owning farmland within 10 miles of a military facility. That issue began with China's Fufang Group announcing plans to build a corn processing plant in Grand Forks. That proposal was shut down just over a year ago. Lake Region Extension Roundup begins its two-day run in Devil's Lake today. program includes a panel of crop consultants, market outlooks with NDSU crops economist Frayne Olson, Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson, and comments from NDSU Vice President of Agricultural Affairs Greg Lardy. Breakout sessions will consider everything from the specialty crop market to, to using your smartphone to diagnose plant diseases. This is the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. With the South Dakota legislative session starting next week, Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has a preview. South Dakota Farmers Union lobbyist Mitch Richter says that landowner rights will be at the forefront of discussions once the legislative sessions are underway. Some of the things that are going to happen in the legislature are going to be around landowner rights, um, the CO2 um, pipeline, and Farmers Union is interested in preserving landowner rights in South Dakota. That's going to be a big issue this year, um, probably one of our bigger issues as we go forward. That we're going to certainly follow. We're supporting a couple of groups that are working on, on doing that. According to Richter, water will be a heavily focused topic with at least five bills on the docket. Money for water, whether it's the pipeline or expanding some of our uh, rural water lines, we need to do that in South Dakota. Water, I think, is one of the big issues that's uh, an outlier because we just haven't addressed it like we should. You know, the states that are south and west of us that need water are going to take water out of Missouri either before it gets to South Dakota, after it leaves South Dakota, or maybe while it's in South Dakota. And so we need to work with our congressional delegation and as well as our local our local districts to make sure that we have enough water in South Dakota for our economic growth. I'm Tyler Donaldson. This is the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota legislature approved funding for expanded feedlot research during the last session. NDSU Extension Research Animal Scientist Colin Tobin said bids are open for a monoslope feedlot building that will be equipped with precision technology that will measure feed and water intake for individual calves. We can look at animals' health uh, just based off how much they're eating. So if we run in like these smart intake systems, these smart feeders, we can see the drops of those calves that go off on feed. And so we can expedite treatment to those animals, whether it be for, for bloat or acidosis or even for like DVD and BRD and those things. This new technology could help feedlots care for animals faster and improve feeders' bottom line. A lot of it will be, especially for, like, if a producer would focus on something like this, you could really start to tease out some genetics of your herd. You could you could look at some of your high-performing calves that are pretty efficient on feed compared to those that are less efficient. And for a producer to make maybe genetic changes in their herd, same way with feedlot, 
they could be looking at, granted that'd be on a much bigger scale, but they could be looking more at the health side of things to expedite treatment for calves. According to agmarket.net market analyst Jacob Burks, the cattle market is benefiting from outside money. Five cattle have been uh, been, been strong here. We're, we're up three bucks here in the front month of February. We're at $1.7182 in the last trade. You got feeder cattle that hit $4 higher at one point, too. So, uh, you know, I, I look at this as, as look, if you look at just the managed money, the the trading money that could be coming here, establishing new positions uh, every year. You you got some guys that want to to balance up uh, their books here as they go into the end of the year. Uh, you know, it, it looks looks to me like you're starting to see some of the uh, the shorts and the grains uh, kind of pile up, and, and and you're also looking at some you know encouraging the rally. Uh, some of this extra money could be coming into this. Uh, uh, building off of what we built over the last two weeks here in the livestock and live cattle and feeder cattle. USDA will reconvene its public hearing to consider changes to the federal milk marketing orders January 16th. The hearing process began in late August near Indianapolis. Significant changes have not been made to the federal milk marketing orders in more than 20 years. A group of Midwest farmers are heading to Vietnam and Cambodia this upcoming weekend. They'll be there through the 19th, hoping to grow global demand for northern-grown soybeans. Northern Soy Marketing includes members of the soybean checkoff programs from North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. This delegation will be meeting with feed mill executives, nutritionists, and buyers the chair of the Northern Soy Marketing, Marketing Group is Benson Farmer Patrick O'Leary. He says the best way to build trade relationships is to share that message face-to-face. -face. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture now accepting applications for its beginning farmer tax credit. For this year, the state has $4 million available, and the tax credits are funded on a first-come, first-served basis. In addition, beginning farmers are eligible for a tax credit of up to $1,500 for tuition in the Farm Business Management Program. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. We had triple-digit gains in the cattle futures yesterday, triple-digit losses for lean hogs. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Brian Strumman says the cattle futures finally broke out of their recent ranges. We finally broke higher today, a stronger cash market last week and actually for the last two weeks and smaller numbers uh, being estimated again for the first three quarters of this year, uh, <clears throat> you know, offering support. Uh, feeders sharply higher again uh, with the, the pressure in the corn market, new contract lows and and uh, cheaper feed uh, input costs uh, certainly supporting that. And uh, again, tighter numbers and, and the, the firmness in the live cattle uh, offering support there. At the same time, lean hogs continue to struggle. Yeah, sharply lower. Again, that Proposition 12 goes into effect, and that's a conversation piece. Uh, you look at the Chinese hog futures, they're under pressure here and have been for the last four or five days. Larger supplies and heavier weights uh, continue to weigh on the lean hogs. Cash bids at regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, showing minor changes from a couple of weeks ago. Spring wheat basis is unchanged, ranging from 20 to 80 cents under the March Minneapolis futures contract. Corn basis narrowed slightly, ranging from 45 to 75 cents under the March futures. And soybean basis widened slightly, ranging from 70 to 80 cents under the March futures contract. Check in on the uh, markets as we speak. 
from the overnight grain trade. We are seeing some a bit of red anyway on the screen this morning. Minneapolis wheat that March contract at seven thirteen and a quarter down one and three quarters. May down one and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March down four cents six oh two and three quarters. And we're a nickel lower for hard red winter wheat. KC wheat for March at six twenty four. March corn four sixty three and a quarter a half cent lower. July down by a half penny as well. Soybeans March twelve seventy two and a quarter one and a quarter lower May down a half cent. We're unchanged for March soybean meal while we're down by a nickel for soybean oil at March contract. As mentioned earlier, the Lake Region Extension Roundup going on today and tomorrow. That's at the Memorial Building in Devil's Lake. Always a great show. Uh, Greg Lardy from NDSU will be kicking things off to this morning. Uh, they've got uh, breakout sessions going on all day long. Of course, the trade show as well. Tomorrow, one of the highlights, Drew Lerner from World Weather Incorporated. He'll be on the afternoon program talking about weather in 2024. More extremes or are we going back to normal? We'll find out from Drew at that program tomorrow. Lake Region Extension Roundup. We'll see you there today. University of Minnesota Extension Research Update for Ag Professionals going on in Wilmer. That will be tomorrow at the Wilmer Conference Center. They'll uh, be featuring Jeff Coulter, the corn agronomist, Dan Kaiser, uh, nutrient management specialist, Seth Nave from uh, the Swing Group and plant pathologist, Dean Malvik as well. That's again on tap tomorrow in the Wilmer area. And the 54th Annual Sugar Beet Research Reporting Session will be Tuesday of next week. It's going to be held at the Holiday Inn in Fargo. Uh, big lineup. They're going to have a uh, uh, look at a lot of things, everything from water hemp escapes and sugar beets to what's happening with uh, some of the ag chem issues. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.